Good morning. Today's scripture reading is taken from Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7, 3, verses 1 through 8, 8, verses 1 through 4, and 10 through 16. It's located on page 4 of your bulletin if you would like to follow along. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning, let the discerning get guidance, for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the paths meet, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries aloud. To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight, I have power. By me, kings reign, and rulers issue decrees that are just. By me, princes govern, and nobles, all who rule the earth. Buenos días. La lectura de hoy está tomada de varios capítulos del libro de Proverbios y está imprimida en su boletín en la página 6. Proverbios de Salomón, hijo de David, rey de Israel, para adquirir sabiduría y disciplina, para discernir palabras de inteligencia, para recibir la corrección que dan la prudencia, la rectitud, la justicia y la equidad, para infundir sagacidad en los inexpertos, conocimiento y discreción en los jóvenes. Escuche esto el sabio y aumente su saber. Reciba dirección el entendido para discernir el proverbio y la parábola, los dichos de los sabios y sus enigmas. El temor del Señor es el principio del conocimiento. Los necios desprecian la sabiduría y la disciplina. Hijo mío, no te olvides de mis enseñanzas. 
Más bien, guarda en tu corazón mis mandamientos, porque prolongarán tu vida muchos años y te traerán prosperidad. Que nunca te abandonen el amor y la verdad. Llévalos siempre alrededor de tu cuello y escríbelos en el libro de tu corazón. Contarás con el favor de Dios y tendrás buena fama entre la gente. Confía en el Señor de todo corazón y no en tu propia inteligencia. Reconócelo en todos tus caminos y Él allanará tus sendas. No seas sabio en tu propia opinión, más bien teme al Señor y huye del mal. Esto infundirá salud en tu cuerpo y fortalecerá tu ser. ¿Acaso no está llamando la sabiduría? ¿No está elevando su voz la inteligencia? Toma su puesto en las alturas y la vera del camino y en las encrucijadas. Junto a las puertas que dan a la ciudad, a la entrada misma, grita a voz en cuello. A ustedes los hombres los estoy llamando. Dirijo mi voz a toda la humanidad. Opten por mi instrucción, no por la plata, por el conocimiento, no por el oro refinado. Vale más la sabiduría que las piedras preciosas, y ni lo más deseable se lo compara. Yo, la sabiduría, convivo con la prudencia y poseo conocimiento y discreción. Quien teme al Señor aborrece lo malo. Yo aborrezco el orgullo y la arrogancia, la mala conducta y el lenguaje perverso. Míos son el consejo y el buen juicio. Míos son el entendimiento y el poder. Por mí reinan los reyes y promulgan leyes justas los gobernantes. Por mí gobiernan los príncipes y todos los nobles que rigen la tierra. Thank you, Olivia and Danny. And sorry for jumping in prematurely, stealing your thunder there. Uh, let's say a word of prayer. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time uh, to listen to you, to look at your word, and to learn. Uh, we bring all our foolishness and ignorance of heart to you, and we ask that you would uh, come in and instruct us and change us. We can't do that to ourselves. We need your Holy Spirit. So send him now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today we're starting a new sermon series, a new teaching series on the book of Proverbs. And actually, if you've been here with us uh, for over a year, then you'll know that this isn't exactly a new series. Uh, we started it a year ago, the summer of 2013, but it got interrupted by the decision, by the good news uh, that we were moving here to Mount Rona Missionary Baptist church, so we switched up the teaching series to a vision series and got ready for this big grand reopening that we enjoyed and celebrated and worked towards in September. And so now we're coming back, coming back. Proverbs, we've left you hanging, we've missed you, uh, we need you, and so here we are. Uh, let's study the book of Proverbs. Um, the book of Proverbs is located right in the middle of the Bible, in the Old Testament, It's an ancient collection of writings by several teachers. King Solomon, mentioned in Proverbs 1.1, you heard it earlier, is one of those teachers, one of those authors. Most importantly, the book of Proverbs is an incredibly helpful source of practical wisdom. Wisdom for communication, understanding how our words affect our relationships. Wisdom for our plans and our decisions. 
Wisdom for building genuine friendships. Wisdom for living and working with diligence. How do you do it? Wisdom for sex and sexuality. For parenting. Wisdom for knowing how to use our money. Wisdom for how we express our emotions. There are tons of different topics covered in the book of Proverbs, but these are the ones that we're going to study over the next several weeks. But first, in the few minutes that we have remaining, I want to raise this question because I've used the word already several times. Wisdom, what is it? What is wisdom? Before we dive into different topics of wisdom, different applications of wisdom, what do we mean by wisdom? To help us answer that question, we're going to look at a few selections from Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, which is sort of an introductory section in the book of Proverbs. And we're going to see that these passages give us three things, three perspectives, three teachings on wisdom. We'll run through it quickly. But wisdom, what it is. Secondly, why we need it. And thirdly, how we get it. What it is, why we need it, and how we get it. Let's talk about wisdom. So first, what is wisdom? Let me give you a simple definition. Try this on. Test it out throughout the week. Wisdom is the ability to understand how life really works and then to apply this understanding to real life. Wisdom is the ability to understand how life really works, especially with the lens of God, from the perspective of God, how life really works, and then to practically apply this understanding to all the different issues and challenges and trials and situations in real life. If you look at Proverbs chapter 1, the first passage we have in our reading here, you listen to some of the words that are used to describe wisdom. It says there, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now, what are they for? For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. For receiving instruction in prudent behavior. Doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple. Knowledge and discretion to the young. In Proverbs chapter 8, verses 12 and on... Here we have sort of a a humanizing or a personification of wisdom. What would wisdom sound like if it were a real person speaking to us? Well, there it says, I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. Verse 14, counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. Look at some of these words. Knowledge, understanding, insight. These are words in the original Hebrew that means getting an accurate read of a situation. To see life rightly. Your relationships or a decision that you have to make or a job or different options that you have to choose from amongst. To see it, to read it rightly. These words, counsel, sound judgment, refers to this ability to tell the difference between two options. To have discernment. Prudence, that's the ability to stand back and carefully consider a situation. To see and understand life accurately, rightly, helpfully. But it's more than just knowledge. Wisdom is the ability to apply that knowledge to actual life circumstances. So in verse 3 of chapter 1, 
We're told that these Proverbs are for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. It's not just about getting smarter, not just about being more intellectual or intelligent. It has to translate into real action. The passage uses the word discretion, which is the the ability to plan. It's related to the word shrewdness. It always translates into real life. That's why Charles Spurgeon, the great English preacher, writes this about wisdom. Wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are all the greater fools for it. To know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. And to use it in all of life, in all different situations and trials and things that God puts before you. As it says in chapter 8, verses 2 and 3, when the book talks in terms of wisdom, again, being personified as a person. You notice she's not sitting in a religious building, not sitting in a university lecture hall, but we're told she's in the streets. In the gates, in the square of the city, in the intersecting points of life. Because wisdom shows up in real life. Wisdom is the ability to understand how life really works and to apply this understanding to real life. And you know what that means, of course. If it's not just the same thing as knowledge or intelligence... If wisdom isn't the same thing as just knowing the right thing to do, moral goodness, then it's true. You've got to understand it's humbling to know that you can be smart, you can be moral, and still be a fool. You can still make a mess out of life. You can still screw up your relationships, your work, your families, church communities, your neighborhood. As Walker Percy put it once a long time ago, you can get all A's and still flunk life. And is that the way you're living? Thinking that you can navigate life just by knowing a lot or just blindly doing a lot and you have no category in life for this idea and concept of wisdom. I mean, just to illustrate the idea a little bit, how, how do you get from here, this present place, to the airport? Let's say a friend gave you a call or a text message in the middle of this service and they said, hey, I'm in a real big bind here, don't have any way to get from the airport to home. How do you get here? Well, you might look up the roads from a map. You might draw upon knowledge about different streets and compass directions. You might have actually done it before. Of course, there are other factors, though. You have to take into consideration the time of day. Is it a Sunday? Is it a weekday? Are there roads that are congested? Is there a parade or a rally going on down in front of Civic Plaza? Is that a way that I need to avoid? Is there gas in my car? Do I even have a car? Do I need to call another friend to borrow their car? All these different considerations. You see, so much of our time and energy sometimes, whether if you're a Christian or you're not, is spent trying to find a roadmap for life as if simply following the rules will get you through life. And the Bible is telling us that sometimes you need more than just the roadmap. 
Sometimes you need more than even the moral commands of God that you richly find in Scripture and that we are called to abide by. But even the moral rules of Scripture all by themselves don't address most situations in life. To really flourish, to really do well in life, you need wisdom. You need the ability to navigate in between the spaces on the road map. And to draw on a host of all kinds of knowledge and to apply it well. Because the majority of these big questions that we face, or even little questions, who should you marry, what should you spend your money on, where should you live, who should be your friend, how should you spend your time, how much energy do you give to this project or to life or to work, when do you push into a relationship, when do you let go? When do you guard your heart? When do you fling wide open your heart? All these things are addressed by wisdom. Let me give you an example. I gave this example last time too. It's one of my favorites. Really one of my favorite Proverbs. Proverbs 27, 14. If anyone blesses their neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. I think you said that last time too, MK. (laughs) If anyone blesses their neighbor with a loud voice early in the morning, it will be taken as a curse. I don't know if you're a morning person. I don't know if you're surrounded by rambunctious morning people wherever you might live, in this neighborhood or elsewhere. But what is this proverb getting at? Timing matters. You might absolutely be committed to the command to love your neighbor as yourself. You might even understand that love often shows up in relationships verbally, words that you bless people with, a note of joy, a shout of praise, a word of support and encouragement. And yet this proverb is reminding us that you can be committed to love, you can abide by the Bible's commands to love, you can even have the best of intentions of a heart full of love, and still not love well. If you're shouting your word of praise at six in the morning, if you're trying to encourage a person with a phone call at four in the morning, If you're shouting with joy and banging drums and singing happy birthday at 6.30 in the morning and the person was up all night, even your best of intentions, wrongly applied with a lack of wisdom, translates into a lack of love. But you see, you won't find it in the Ten Commandments, not explicitly at least, because a cheerful greeting is love, but timing matters. Wisdom matters. Wisdom. Wisdom. The ability to understand how life really works and to apply this understanding to real life. That's what wisdom is. Secondly, briefly, why do we need wisdom? Why do we need wisdom? Proverbs 8, verses 10 and 11, put it this way. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. In other words, wisdom is really, really, really valuable. More valuable than silver, than gold, than rubies. Do you long for her? 
desire her more than anything else. Really valuable. Why? Because you can have all the riches in the world. But without wisdom, you won't know how to handle or manage those riches. You can have all the power and fame in the world, but without wisdom, you won't know how to do life and do relationships. You can have all the gifts and abilities and all the education in the world, but without wisdom, you won't know how to live because you can get all A's and still flunk life. But some of us are facing situations, maybe even today, and maybe you don't even realize that wisdom is what you really need, not a roadmap, not answers. God, just tell me what to do. But it's wisdom. Sometimes we think it's more gifts that we need, more time. And sometimes because we think this way, neglecting wisdom, we think that God has nothing to say about the challenges that we face. Some of you are struggling with despair and lostness today because you feel like God has not addressed the specific situation that you are facing. Not understanding that the Bible has everything to say about every situation if you understand that it gives you insight into the way life works and then an ability and skill to apply it to any kind of situation in life. In other words, the Bible gives us wisdom. And too often we walk away saying, look, the Bible, there's no finances 101 page in the Bible, even though there kind of is all throughout. But we say, the Bible has nothing to say to me about what job I should take or how I should manage my finances or how I should treat my enemies or how I should feel about this or that. And you've given up. Maybe wisdom can change the way you're relating to Scripture and to life. Because life is so chock full of challenges constantly that what we really need is God to help us in real time with wisdom, sort of like a a person on the phone almost, being able to respond to the details of situations. Paul was on the phone the other day talking to the insurance company, first talked to a customer service rep that just was not helpful, not answering the questions, talking in technical language that was just hard for any person to understand. And the phone got disconnected, and so she had to call back, and this time got another customer service rep, and this time this person was wonderful. I mean, I wasn't even on the call, but at the end, it was almost surprising to hear Paula talk to the person thanking her profusely, even saying, you were so sweet, so kind, so helpful, because it's just that rare, isn't it, to have a good person that can walk you through all the challenges that you have, that you're trying to figure out. What if we had wisdom like that, that could address, that we could apply to whatever it is that you're facing today? What if wisdom could be so rich and personal and alive to us that just like it's presented to us in Proverbs 8, that we could start feeling like wisdom, it's almost like it's a real person, like like a, a customer service representative in our ears, in our hearts. Where it says in verse uh, chapter 8, does not wisdom call out, does not understanding raise her voice, crying aloud. Almost like having a personal 
counselor, you know what? God gives you that. God gives you him. A personal counselor. A person named wisdom. We want a formula. We're looking for answers to the questions of life. We want principles. God gives us a person. And his name was Jesus. And when he started his ministry, he took on words from the prophet Isaiah that said that the Spirit of the Lord would rest upon him, the Messiah, the Spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the Spirit of counsel and of power, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The Apostle Paul picks up on all of this. And when he describes Jesus Christ in his letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, you are in Christ Jesus who has become for us wisdom from God. Jesus is a proverb who became a person. Wisdom is like a person calling your name. Jesus is a person calling your name. Wisdom is like a counselor. Jesus is a counselor. He is wisdom for you. Do you know him? Do you have him? Do you have wisdom? The Spirit of Jesus speaking to your soul, informing your mind, guiding your judgment and your decisions. It's one of the great blessings of being in communion with Jesus, our Savior, the God of the universe. This Jesus who laid down his life to die for fools like you and me. Because he knew that we could never navigate through life ourselves, not with our own devices. As we sung before, our confession continually being, we have leaned on the wisdom of men, forgive us. And when we cry out to God with that posture in heart, He does, through Jesus, on the cross, dying for the foolishness and the sin of all who would embrace Him. We need wisdom. If we're to get through life, we need wisdom if we're to walk with God in life. Lastly and quickly, therefore, how do we get it? How do we get wisdom? First of all, notice you get wisdom in community. Chapter 1, verses 5 and 6 tell us that the wise listen and add to their learning, listening in conversation. Let the discerning get guidance from other people for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. You learn wisdom by listening to others talk about their lives before God. Wisdom is meant to be learned and applied and worked out in community, in trusting relationships, where you talk over a decision, where you talk over a challenge in life, where you check in, where you give it a go, where you come back after making mistakes, where you're bringing together the advice and the counsel of other people because you've submitted yourself to a community that's wiser than you are. You'll never find wisdom all by yourself. You don't get wise by being alone. I don't know about you, but most of the stupid things I've done in life, I did without asking for anyone's advice. Wisdom is found in community. Friends, do you have people in your life that will tell you the truth when you're being a fool? 
God rescue us if we don't? Have you opened yourself to friends who are willing to help you work out life's challenges? Or maybe here's a question for you. Are all of your friends, all your personal counselors, fools themselves? You're getting counsel from them, but it ain't doing you any good. Do you need to find some new friends? Wise friends. Look, you might get information in a class. Information in a class, but you can only get wisdom in community. But not only community, how do you get wisdom? You get it through the fear of the Lord, and we'll finish here. Proverbs 1 uh, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Chapter 3 verse 7, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. The key to growing in wisdom, dear friends, is growing in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean being terrified of God, cringing before him, with dread, when the Bible uses it in these kinds of settings, it's a phrase, the fear of the Lord, it's a phrase that's used of people who have an intimate relationship with God, yes, but who relate to God with reverence, with a sense of awe, giving Him honor, humbly submitting themselves before Him. Simply put, those who fear the Lord are those who understand and live like God is God, and we are not. You think about it, the person who fears the Lord is the person that's going to say, man, I, I really can't do life on my own. Is the person who's going to say, I can't see what's coming around the corner. The person that says humbly, I can be a fool, so I need wisdom. The person that's going to say, God, you need to teach me. You need to give me insight. You need to protect my steps. I don't have all the answers in life. This is a person that's going to check in with God's word, that's going to surround themselves by the wisdom of others who are getting wisdom themselves from God. The person who humbly says, I don't know all things, even though I pretend I do, I don't. I do need help. I do need support. I do need God. It's an open person, a teachable person. The key word here in verse 8 or verse, sorry, chapter 1 here, key word there is that the fool despises wisdom. It's a word that means looking down on or sort of being arrogant and being above instruction. You're too smart. C.S. Lewis puts it this way. Wisdom leads us through a valley, the valley of humiliation. Wonderfully put, wisdom leads us to the point of saying, I don't got it. God, you do. Because if you don't start there. You'll either never ask God for wisdom, or if you do, you will always reserve the right to edit what he tells you. Because you think you know better. 
So the beginning of wisdom, how do you get it? Where does it start? God, you are God. And I have convinced myself time and again, I am not. And praise God for that. This is good news. How do you get wisdom? Climb a thousand mountaintops? Read a thousand books? No, how do you get wisdom? Say, I don't got none. God. And it all begins there. How do you get wisdom? You get the person that is wisdom. Which too begins with the fear of the Lord coming to Jesus to say, I can't do life without you, the sinner that I am. Can't merit the favor of God without you. Can't live a blessed life. Can't live a fulfilling life. Can't make life work for myself or for others apart from you. I need a savior. I cannot save myself. It's the fear of the Lord, the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of a relationship with God through Christ, the beginning of life. So today, are you in a situation that you know, where you know that you don't have the wisdom you need? Do you want it? Will you ask for it? If you do, you'll receive it. Let's pray. And we'll receive not just it. We'll receive him. We'll receive you, Lord Jesus. Our true wisdom and righteousness and salvation. And so we come to you with all of our foolishness and brokenness and all the details of life. And all the challenges that we face and all the things that perplex us and all the decisions that we have to make. And we say, make us wise by the power of your spirit and through our Savior, in whose name we pray. Amen. Let's stand.